Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming to episode Beards Nerds Podcast. The podcast where one of us can grow a beard and the other one, not so much. And I'm George. Anthony. And thank you for coming here tonight. First off, let's jump into some housekeeping. You can find us on Twitter at Dad's Beards Nerds, Instagram at Dad's Beards Nerds Podcast. Our Discord link, you're going to have to find that in our Twitter bio. Next up is our own personal Twitters. Find George at George at find George at G Hioko. That's G H I O C O. And find me, Anthony, at A Flarida. That's A F L A R I D A. George, first off. Dude, I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'd just like to uh uh George and I we haven't really got to chat as much as we as as we usually do because um I got a new job and had to move, so we're doing this uh, remotely like we have been with the with the Anchor app, but I just want to say hi, George, and that I miss you. Yeah, so man, I, it's it's been weird not seeing you in, in the store and stuff. It's been a little odd, so just wanted to say, uh, miss your face. <laughs> I just... I, just I, I have like not purchased any more beer. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. Now, please... Uh, never purchase beer from them again unless it's for me. <laughs> okay, George. Alrighty. Well, let's me. get started. So, <clears throat> this is courtesy of IGN and the No, by the way. Batwoman star Ruby Rose deletes her Twitter, and this was a pretty big deal this week. Um, deleted her Twitter after Batwoman casting backlash from fans. Um, she still has her Instagram, but it has been disabled for comments. Uh, she's been rebuking critics in, in a series of tweets before deleting her Twitter, venting to her followers that she wished women and the LGBT community supported each other more. Other tweets include, where on earth did Ruby is not a lesbian, therefore she can't be a Batwoman come from, asked Rose. I came out at 12 and have, for the past five years, had to deal with, she's too gay. How do y'all flip like that? I didn't change. Um, there's a lot of other tweets too. I, I couldn't quote them all, uh, per se, but yeah, it's, it's been something else, uh, a lot of heat coming her way and it's quite unfortunate. Anthony, what do you think? I think it's stupid. I think um, it's the most like rid ridiculous thing. Like for the first time in a very, very long time, like, ca uh, casting an actor or an actress was like so spot on. And for some reason, everybody flipped their shit i don't get it man i don't get these these comic book these star wars these these incredibly toxic fandoms um now i know they're not all toxic i get that i'm, I'm part of these yeah, fandoms I, as well. i feel like every fandom has I some don't... element of toxicity to it i was going to mention that like is even you know there's some bitter news and pertaining to battlefield 5 that we'll be talking about shortly too um in regards to characters being in a game and it's just like are you serious you know like it, it's it's really disheartening but i feel like it's almost in every every franchise somewhere yeah it's it's most definitely there um the internet and things like twitter and instagram gave these fucking trolls an avenue to get out there and instead of just complaining with their little troll friends yeah. in their mom's basement uh it gave them an avenue to get out there and actually harass the people involved which is total bullshit uh these entitled little punks want to get online and, and just be a dick because they can be a dick when probably in reality they're they're being bullied or some shit and it, i just i don't get it man you know do unto others as you want done unto you like i just i don't understand why people have to take shit so far to where people like 
you know, Daisy Ridley and um, who played Rose in Star Wars? Oh, uh, crap. I'm blinking on her name. But yeah, no, she got so much blame for her character. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous that people are getting so much shit on the internet that they're actually deleting their social media. And I get that a lot of these like these celebrities are told to like don't look at the comments, yeah, don't look feed the comments, into it. Yeah. But they still shouldn't have to get away from it because I don't know. It's just the stupid, stupid. Yeah, and situation. it's 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 a ding shang. I I I, I can I couldn't deal with that. And it's it's just terrible that somebody you know puts everything into that and then things like that happen it's just it's it's terrible but yeah it's moving on bethesda is currently pressuring sony for cross-play functionality now this is some good news folks and we are i i'm happy to see this a, a big company stepping up to the plate here plenty of other smaller developers have already done so but uh to see bethesda doing it is something um and, and it's not in regards to fallout 76 as you might expect it has to do with their their mobile game elder scrolls legends um, they've already said it will be a cross-platform experience, and it seems like the line in the sand for the developer was Sony. Um, again, Fallout 76 is already confirmed to be a non-cross-play. Non um, Legends is currently on PC and mobile devices, and the game won't roll out uh, on a platform that does not allow cross-play. They've been, made that very clear. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see. Meanwhile, you know, you've got Nintendo, Microsoft, that are all in on crossplay. Heck, they're even doing commercials with each other. So I'm, I'm really wondering when Sony's going to break on this. Like, this has to be coming to a head soon. Sony won't break. Sony won't break because their 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 whole their whole concept on this is I we don't want people spending money on another platform for stuff and bringing it over to ours. They were very clear with with that was the reason for Fortnite. They're not if they're not getting the piece of the pie when it comes to uh, when it comes to online transactions, they won't break. They don't care. Yeah, I, I they don't care for now, but it's gonna it's gonna hurt them in the long run eventually. Like this is this is slowly bubbling, and and it hasn't it, it's not coming to a head yet. But I feel like this is this is a tremor, so to speak. Like if more and more developers actually start saying, "Hey, you know what? Like this is what we're designing this game to do. If you're not in on it, then we're just gonna cut you out of it." Then what's going to happen when the market share starts shifting? You know that that that's going to be yeah. an indicator to Sony that they messed up. So I feel I see this more as a consumer issue rather than where you're looking at it from a point of view as a business, and I get it. But when there's this much consumer pressure, and then now you have pressure inside the industry building, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, I I I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. I just I I at the moment. Uh, this isn't the game to, to, to make Sony change their mind. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And, and that was what I was going to say. Like, and that's kind of why I mentioned Fallout 76 is like, well, gee, you know, you guys had a really good opportunity to say, hey, you want to be serious now? You know, and instead it's just, you know, and I, and I don't want to downplay the Elder Scrolls Legends because a lot of people play it. I even thought about downloading it today just because it looks really cool. Um, but I, uh, again, you know, it makes me wonder if more and more you know, developers get behind this kind of movement, especially the larger ones. Who knows what we could be seeing? So, I I think you're right, though. If it was Fallout 76 that they were saying this on, it would be a much a much different story. I think you're 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 100 spot on. Yeah, that. but you have to. I mean, we have to acknowledge the, the elephant in the room in that situation. That Fallout 76 has been in development for some time. Like this this is going way back. So we can't assume that they had that plan for that game. I think this is an issue that's really bubbling like i said right now it's building pressure 
um, so to speak. And w once it gets to a point of breaking is when Sony's going to say, okay, fine. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll allow these games to be cross-played to a certain extent, maybe, or, or, or something. You know, something's got to give one way or another. Yeah, but it's not like a game like Rocket League or Fortnite where they literally have, like, at any point in time, they can just flip a switch and it's all cross-platform. Right. And, and, all right, so... Yeah. Oh, sorry, George. No, I'm just <laughs> so, yeah, basically, I don't, I don't believe Fallout 76 was built with that in mind to begin with. So, that being said, um, yeah, moving on. That would be cool, though. I mean, that oh, would it'd be great. I, I, if, there was ever, if there was ever to be a bargaining chip, Fallout 76 would be... Would be a pretty good bargaining chip. Yeah, but we also have, you know, like, what about the next big Fallout title, like Fallout 5, theoretically, in, in development? Who knows? I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. But, you know, that could be the, the next big thing. And they could say, hey, either you're in or you're out. I don't know. It could happen. It might not. Hopefully not. But Or hopefully it does. Excuse me. I, I hope it doesn't get to a point that they have to threaten them. But hopefully so when it comes to their senses. Because I just feel like the more people you can play with, obviously, the better it is. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you're on PC. You're good. It's coming to you either Yeah, way. I mean, yeah, for the most part. <laughs> I, I already can, but yeah, it, essentially, yeah, it's it's the more the merrier in my book, so. Perfect. All right, I'm going to read off the Okay, one. yeah, go. Pokemon Go, or Pokemon Let's Go games are already underperforming. Gee, nobody saw that one coming. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's not in the show notes. That's just a personal note. <laughs> so, Pre-order numbers are dismal, below the top 50 on Amazon and other sites. Numbers are worse in Japan. Is the casual nature of the Let's Go games turning off the hardcore and old-school Pokemon fans? That's an easy question. Yes. Uh, Nintendo really needs the Let's Go games to be successful. Financially speaking, uh, Nintendo stock has been eroding as of late, and that's never a good sign. Yeah. Uh, George, you've got to switch. I think... There's two things involved, and it kind of ties into our next story, too. But right now, we're in a very anti-pre-order culture. So I don't know if pre-orders are going to pick up or immediately fly like they generally would. I think this is going to be a slow build. Um, I, I can't see... I mean, Pokemon... Whatever Pokemon does, it just prints money. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Yes. You know, in one way, shape, or another, they make money with Pokemon. I mean... Yeah, the whole... like. You're right. Like, um, pre-order culture is—it's gotten, it has died down a lot. Uh, GameStop, I think, really made it uh, soar when they, you know, in the original upbringing of the idea of, you know, come to GameStop, pre-order this here, and get, you know, X skins or, you know, three weapons that are specific to GameStop. But Double I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I don't. Pokemon, let's go at GameStop now and get a free pin, not in game, but in real life. But in real life. <laughs> uh, but I don't, I really, like, Pokemon Let's Go isn't a game I think that's going to, like, smash it in pre-orders. It's definitely a game people are going to buy, but I don't think anybody is thinking that this is going to sell out. <laughs> at their local and that's kind of what I'm, I'm. I'm wondering and how it, that's going to affect the Pokemon franchise going forward on the Switch. Like, are they going to go, okay, wait, 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 we went way too far with this. Let's go back to the original formula. I mean, I get what they're doing with this. It's it's like, I, obviously, the battle system is up the same. And it, it look really look, what it really looks like, the only thing that's really changed in this game is just the way you capture Pokemon. And, okay, cool, whatever. 
but it's not what everybody really wanted. I mean, there is a Pokemon Go fan base that, but your Pokemon fan base is way bigger than your Pokemon Go fan base. So they kind of alienated themselves a little bit by choosing to do this game. Uh, did they need to get a Pokemon out as soon as possible? Yes. Oh, yeah. So I, I completely understand why they're really- it, it, it looks very cute. It, it definitely doesn't look... It's definitely not a core Pokemon, which it isn't, but it definitely doesn't look like a core Pokemon. The... It, it, I think it's something where this game, maybe on release week, isn't going to go super, super crazy, but I think its sales will be consistent as people play it. Yeah, and, 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 and that's kind of why I think it's going to be a slow build, too. I don't think this is going to be flying off shelves in terms of pre-order sales. This is going to be something that may or may or not catch on over time um, and see if it holds, especially with the Pokemon Go fans, because that's that's really where I think it's going to make or break it, because if they adopt it in high enough numbers, it's still going to be a decent selling game, in my opinion. Um, Even if they did, like you said, alienate the core Pokemon audience with a lot of the gameplay, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where where the sales numbers go. I, I I really do like I said just a little bit. I really do feel that this is a game that's going to sell after people uh, have got their hands on it and other people who are waiting uh, here word of it. I think it'll be, I think its sales numbers will be more of a consistent line as opposed to a big jump and then you know slowly going down. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was saying too. It's going to be very consistent and slow building. So we'll see how it goes. All right, next one. All right, so Battlefield 5 pre-orders are also not looking so great at the moment. Bad bad pre-order news going all around, and again, I, I, I tend to believe that that's a part of the culture in gaming right now. People just aren't into paying for something until they've actually put their hands on it in one way, shape, or another. So, um, again, culture, but many are angry with the lack of realism in the game, mostly tied to women being playable soldiers in the game. And, and again, that's so stupid. Again, this is the second second place winner of the that's so stupid award of the night um, because it's completely cosmetic and there were women in in battle in world war ii um not in the numbers that you probably see in the game but you know battlefield never really was a i mean it was a pretty realistic shooter in one in certain stances but it wasn't like you know there was camouflages in battlefield 3 that were like pink zebra stripes and shit like that like it's just i i don't get it like people are upset about a skin essentially it's just stupid to me yeah it doesn't make any like the fact all oh, this i just hate that the internet made a bunch of people you know internet smart and they think they know everything <laughs> you're not supposed to know how to use that computer no that's yeah. terrible when they really don't because they didn't immerse themselves they're not world war ii historians and they want to like say that they're an expert because they read a fucking wiki page yeah. You know, the other uh, the other thing that could be uh, affecting Battlefield Five though is uh, you know the release date is October nineteenth, right between Red Dead Two and Black Ops Four, both of which those two games have astronomical pre-order numbers already. So this isn't looking so hot, um, especially if there's not a large enough adoption for Battlefield Five. Um, EA's really throwing a lot of money behind it. This is a big, heavy hitting game for this AAA game. Um, there's a lot riding on this. I don't think, uh, I think it sells will be fine. I've never, 
I mean, I guess I'm not a Battlefield fan like you are. I know of Battlefield and I know it does well, but I've never heard of Battlefield ever just blowing out of the water pre-sale wise, you know? No, yeah. It, it, I would say uh, Battlefield 1 did pretty well for clear numbers. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, so don't quote me on any of this. Um, but they've done decent in pre-orders. I know Battlefield 4 was pretty decent. Um, I I still have yet to pre-order Battlefield 5, full disclosure. I just haven't had the extra cash sitting around to do it yet. So, um, you know, again, that's just indicative of the economy and what's going on, too. You know, my kids have birthdays and stuff. i got to buy them shit. So, <laughs> yeah. Daddy has to wait, but you know, you got to get, you still got to buy Octopath. Yeah. I got to buy Octopath. That's killing me. Um, so anyway, you know, it just brings a question though, with, with this being, being released between Red Dead and Black Ops, could this be the next Titanfall 2? No, no. Uh, I think I saw that note on there. I think that that's, I think, I think that's, that's a bit preposterous. Wow. Big word there, George. <laughs> Big words coming out my mouth. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you, George. I've been reading the dictionary. No, I, no, nothing's going to be as bad. Like, uh, Battlefield's way too well known and it's been around for so long that there's no way it could be a Titanfall 2. I certainly hope so. I mean, I I want Battlefield 5 to be a success because I'm going to buy it. It, It's it's not a matter of if, but when. Um, But but for me, you know, to see that again, because, you know, I, I believe that that was a strong, that, that was a big contributing factor to why Titanfall failed, because, or Titanfall 2, I should say, um, because it, 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 they sent that to die. It released right after Battlefield 1, and just before the last Call of Duty, I believe, yeah, World War II. Yeah, so, they, they, they literally put it in, they, they even, like, slightly kind of admitted that they, they sent that in, the only reason why they released Titanfall 2 when they released it was to mess with Call of Duty World War. So they literally sent that game out to die. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you know, it, it's, it's just a thought. Like, it, I mean, I, I certainly hope the best, but um, yeah, those pre-order numbers not looking so great for Battlefield 5 or Pokemon Let's Go, unfortunately. So if you're thinking about getting those games, you know, um, hey, hey, you know, it, it might pay to, to hold off and wait and see what happens. Who knows, you know, or, or, or jump in, you know, like myself, like I said, myself, I'm definitely going to be jumping in on Battlefield 5 and Pokemon Let's Go. I'm not sure which version I'm going to get. Um, I'm fairly certain my wife's going to get the Let's Go Eevee, though, so. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather, I, that's actually what I was thinking. If I were to get it, I probably would, I would probably go Eevee. Yeah, well. well, if she goes with Eevee, I'm probably going to get Pikachu just to have both versions. Honestly, I'm not. That's true. I mean, I'm a Pokemon fan. You know this. I know this. It's going to happen. It, it is what it is. Let's just acknowledge the elephant in the room. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. It, it is, is what it is. is. My wallet screams. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Last story of the, uh, of the night news. Castlevania season two to be eight episodes long. Uh, George, real fast, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no. It's already in the notes. <laughs> well, I'm going to read it off. <laughs> series is a retelling of Castlevania 3's Dracula's Curse. The first season was only four episodes long, 25 minutes each. Wonderful season. And then absolutely fantastic storytelling for an 8-bit game. Uh, so first season of, of Castlevania was something I jumped into a little bit later, but it was amazing. Yeah, it is so uh, good. I fucking love it. I rewatched it like a couple weeks ago recently just because. Like, 
everybody loved it so much. And, and the only complaint from everybody I talked to about it or heard talk about it on podcasts was, it, this is an amazing series. It's it's only four episodes long and it's too short. It sucks. Like, no, not not it sucks, but it sucks that it's so short because people wanted so much yeah. more from it. It was actually really smart of them. They, they just made a tight, compact experience to grab you. It was almost like like a like a, a prologue or an epilogue. Yeah, it was definitely prologue. Um, it definitely showed how, you know, the characters came to be. Um, what's interesting to note, though, and I don't know if you're familiar with Castlevania Three, um, there is another character that was playable in the game. His name was Grant, I believe, and they they discover uh-huh. him inside Dracula's castle. So there could be more to the uh, character dynamic coming to this show, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm, I'm hoping they stick to the plot of the game, like I said. Um, they've done a very good job so far. Um, and yeah, and we're talking about an eight big game here. So, and back then there wasn't a ton of story um, in, in these, ca- there was enough story in Castlevania games, but it's, it was very, they had very small text. It was very short and sweet and, you yeah. know, it, but they're really flushing it out, which is amazing to me. And I love it. The Castlevania series was always, you get in there, you kill Dracula. Like <laughs> that's its story. Yeah. One way or another. <laughs> well, and then you start getting into like uh you know, the, the later games like uh, Symphony of the Night and stuff like that, where you're dealing with like the resurrection of Dracula and things like that. And it, you know, the, it, essentially it's all around the same thing and, and Dracula and Dracula's castle and, and all that jazz. So it, it's, but it's really great to see them do such an amazing job in this film or excuse me, in the, in this Netflix series. Hell, it should, might as well be a film. It's such a high quality. Um, and, and really it's amazing, yeah, it's amazing that it's American animation too a lot of people liken it to anime anime it has a very anime style but it's all american which is awesome um to see that you know someone was willing to adopt that and bring it to netflix and put it out there that way and it's really cool to to me to see there's a good chunk of animation studios that have just been kill it for years like the people who did i don't know the name of the studio but the people who did the legend of korra and they're currently doing voltron uh the animated series on uh netflix have just been like doing it so well that and now the same company who made castlevania did it so well so it's really cool to see that you know as an anime fan as someone who loves anime it's it's cool to see american studios kind of putting their own twists and own art styles with like with really like good stories and and still keeping it, you know, fresh. Yeah, that's, and that's where I'm coming from with the two. It's it's really awesome to see that. So, okay, so George, I failed, I failed us, and I couldn't find us a beard watch. No. But I did think of the next best thing. So I can you can you start a sentence real quick? You can talk about anything, so I can I can interrupt you. Okay. Well. Face watch. All right, smooth face watch. This is dedicated to those who can't grow a beard. <laughs> so today's inaugural, very first smooth face watch is the one and only Mike Doherty Cheeks Jr. from Chips Tooth Gaming. Now let me tell you about. Let me tell you how smooth Mike's face is. Mike's face is so smooth that water won't even stay on it. It just slides right off like uh like crisco crisco on it on your favorite rain jacket damn that's how smooth this face is this face is so smooth 
that Astro Glide puts it on itself <laughs> when it needs to get into something tight. This this face is so smooth that R and B artists try to emulate it when they're singing their songs. So congratulations to Cheeks Jr. on having the very first inaugural uh, smooth watch. Give me one sec, George, because I'm a silly boy. I didn't put any of his Twitter stuff in there, so we can at least shout his Twitter out. You can find, uh, right now, I know that you can get Cheeks Jr. at CTG Vids. So that's twitter.com at CTG Vids. That is his, his, his company slash podcast. They do the wonderful, completely consensual podcast. Then you can find him at Cheeks Jr. So twitter.com at Cheeks underscore Jr. And that's where you can find him and that sweet, smooth face. Please go show him some love and let him know just how smooth that smooth face of his is. All right, George, let's jump into the topic. All right topic of the show so games that got great scores stream gaming media basically like so ign kotaku uh any other game stream media so games that got high scores in, in mainstream gaming media but still underperformed to the point where the studio had to close so my my favorite example of this is the people who made kingdoms of amalore reckoning kingdoms of i'm looking up the developer real fast so that would be i think it's lionhead no maybe it is lionhead i'm not sure though but lionhead studios so, big huge games so it was uh three eight studios and big huge games i want to say three eight studios is still alive but big huge games is not big huge games was the product of uh god what was the major league pitcher's name uh there was a major league pitcher who after he got out of um after he got out of uh, baseball, he went to making video games, and that was the product. That was his uh, his, his his love child, if you will. Uh, wonderful game. It got great scores. I, I know it got above you know seven on IGN, which is which is a good score. Like it, it's a playable score, and then it just didn't sell to the point where they had to actually like they they closed. And then I want to say the state of Pennsylvania, whatever state they're in, uh, they had a grant from that state that allowed them to get money to, to, to help invest in the studio. Like there's a, a lot of states do that. They have initiatives for businesses to help them, you know, get off the ground. Cause they Especially want, with companies. They want, yeah, they, they want people to, 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 to try to be entrepreneurs with a decent idea. Uh, and especially since, since that baseball player, the major league baseball player had, um, he had money already that he, he was able to invest a good chunk as well. So they probably saw it as a safe bet, not realizing that, <laughs> video game design and, and starting a company that makes video games isn't exactly it, it can be it's a very tight rope to walk but they ended up closing and now that state owns all of the rights all of the rights that's everything that's assets that's game that's sound that's that's the whole game they own the assets to that whole game and i'm gonna find damn it uh baseball player um, George, why I'm doing this, what is, what's the game that you... Okay, uh, so for me, uh, the, the biggest elephant in the room that comes to mind when we're talking about great scoring mainstream games that still underperform with sales is, is Titanfall 2, like I said before. Um, very highly regarded by everybody that played it. It just did not 
sell, man. And it's just so unfortunate because, uh, you know, that was, that was pretty much the nail in the coffin for uh, Visceral Games and, and, and those guys at a lot of the studios that uh, are Respawn, I should say. Was it Respawn? I think it was. Yeah, I want to say it was. Yeah, so it, it, was, it, was a, it was a bad bad gig for a lot of people at EA that, that that's what happened, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, I, I, was, I was excited to play Titanfall 2. I, I enjoyed it. Um, if you could find the game cheap on sale, totally buy it. It's, it's a great game. Um, I got it super cheap. I got that in Battlefield 1 in a $20 yeah, bundle. You can totally pick it up for like five, six, seven, eight bucks at times. It's, it, but it's a solid buy for the campaign alone. Unfortunately, the multiplayer is pretty dead, but again, for the campaign alone, it's, it's, it's a solid buy. Um, and it's just unfortunate that it, it didn't do well. Um, cause again, it was, it was highly regarded in reviews. A lot of people said it was way more fluid and dynamic than the first game. And it was, but it just did not perform, unfortunately. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a wild testament though, to like, no matter how good you think your game is and how well your, you know, your, your mock uh, sales go or your analysts say it's going to go how how quick it can turn and oh, yeah. and turn into something turn into something bad so it was uh kurt uh kurt schilling is the baseball player who owned uh three studios and that was uh they were from maynard massachusetts so massachusetts had given them a grant so the state of massachusetts actually owns uh owns everything to do with that game so i i know that i've always hoped that there was that, that's that's why we haven't seen it in a like a special edition for PlayStation, like remastered or whatever. Right. Is because uh, nobody's bought it from the state of Massachusetts, and, and I highly doubt they will, just because it's uh, it was a great game, but I don't think anyone else wants to buy it. Maybe THQ Nordic, because since they keep buying up all the uh, those old assets, I know all those old IPs. Uh, but it looks like we'll, we'll probably never get some sort of a. Uh, We'll never get a like a an edition of it on place it on you know current gen consoles, which sucks because I never actually got to fully play it. Because my goddamn copy of it wouldn't work. It would work for like ten minutes, and then it would just freeze. Huh. It was I was bummed me out. It was a really good game too, which which was what bums me out even more. It basically is something where like if I ever get a really decent computer, I'll have to get it off Steam and just. Play oh yeah, it for sure. That's the way to do it too. You probably get it cheap on Steam. Oh yeah, super, super, super cheap. So, but yeah, no, it's unfortunate that you know, and it's like you said, it doesn't matter what size of the studio you're talking about. EA, smaller studio. I mean, it could be a flop, and and that's all it takes. So, yeah, it's just it's just such a wild thing. I, I it, it's a like like I said a little bit ago, it's very much a testament to how how much of a gamble the gaming industry yeah. really is. You hear a lot of you hear this more with indie developers who are taking years and years and years to make their game. And once it's done, it's not like, all right, I'm done, publish. Uh, it's where it's like, okay, well, now you're done with the game. Now, like, the, the real, the, the, the business challenge starts. Like, if it wasn't already a challenge enough making the game, now you have to have to try to get it on whatever platform you're trying to get it on. Then you got to get distribution. You've got to get whatever else goes with that. So it's, it's a wild industry to be in. And, 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 and a testament to, to, to the people who think they're going to jump in and make... Because it, it, the Kingdom's Animal wasn't a triple-A game. I'd say it was more of a double-A. Mm -hmm. But, like, if a double-A... Like, if, if a major league pitcher with millions of dollars already and a grant from the, uh, from the state he's in 
uh, had that much trouble. Like it's, it's just, if you don't have the backing of a pretty big publisher, uh, it seems like it's very hard uh, to, to really make a game that's, that's going to sell or much less even break. Yeah, down. no. And it, it's a huge gamble either way. So. All right, George. Now this has been, we're kind of testing out my internet at my current place. Um, thank you everybody for coming over to the dad's beards nerds podcast. That is episode eight. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, uh, you know, I, and I'm I, George, and it's been fun catching up with you, bro. I miss you all week. I miss <laughs> you too, man. I just want to lick. <laughs> all right, everybody. Hey, have everyone. a good night. Thanks.